You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Thursday. We are actually back doing the mailbag on its proper day. That's actually happening. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground as a whole publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And uh, we're pretty light on questions. I think that's probably normal, natural, beautiful, when you consider the fact that uh, I didn't do the mailbag for two straight weeks. Um, but we're really light, particularly with the uh, the leaders and best. Come on, leaders and best. Got four out of seven of you today. But we'll start off still with none other than James Crudup at James Crudup 6. If Cade continues to play the level he's playing at now, which is solid but not an NFL level, would you let him play out all of his eligibility and risk losing JJ, or at some point would you turn it over to JJ completely? Now, here's the thing. I don't think they risk losing JJ. Knowing JJ and his mentality, I don't think there's much. Unless they're just like, hey, you're just not going to play, dude. Just FYI. You're just not. That's just not going to happen. Especially if he's like out there, like clearly the number one guy in practice. That's, I think, the only way. JJ loves Michigan. He wants to be at Michigan. If they told him he was seventh string, he would look at that as, hey, it's like Tom Brady was seventh string, you know? Um, I think that it, it, if Cade remains at an even plane and JJ has surpassed it, you know, surpassed him, then I think JJ will play. You know, I think they're going to play whoever is the best guy for them. Um, honestly. So I think, and I think Cade is borderline NFL level. I know a lot of people would scoff at that. I'm not saying that he's like, yeah, he's a first round draft pick, but I think he's one of those guys that could go late round you know, type thing, uh, or undrafted and make, you know, make a roster or a practice squad, uh, at this stage. So it all depends just on, cause like, I, here's the thing as I think that Cade can level up just as much as JJ is expected to level up. But I think that if JJ does level up and Cade doesn't, I think JJ will be the one who ends up playing. I, I just, I, I don't think that there's like this weird loyalty to Cade. Um, it's, I think it's just a matter of who, who, who's got everything going on and keeping in mind. And I've talked about this before when it comes to the quarterback room is a lot more than just making throws, right? It's reading defenses. It's commanding the huddle. Uh, if there is a huddle, which obviously Michigan doesn't really do, uh, they did in the spring game, but that's not expected. It's, um, there's a lot of different things that go into it, being able to make the right reads, being a leader, all of those things are very important. They're they're all kind of on equal plane to some degree. And then making the throws is just the thing that everybody sees. Josh Barr, Jadicki, what's your least favorite off-season topic that comes up every year? Um, that one's difficult. Uh, (laughs) not to, not to, harp on the majority of what this mailbag is, but it's probably usually, and I'm not, it, the, the KJJ one's legit, so it's not that, but it's the, always the, uh, the looking past the starting quarterback for the supposed next big thing. It's not, JJ doesn't count for this because we know he's going to be awesome, but like this predates the, uh, 
the podcast, but I talked about this yesterday. Like Brandon Peters talk when Wilton Spate had just led you to eleven and two season, and Wilton Spate was really good until his injury. You know, and it was like he wasn't even Brandon Peters wasn't even second on the depth chart; he was third. You know, and it seems like we get that all the time because then everyone's excited about Shea Patterson and Shea doesn't look like what people expected him to, but Michigan was kind of playing him the way that they wanted to play him. And then suddenly it's like, oh, Dylan McCaffrey looks so much better. And it's like, but there's a reason why Shea's starting and and uh, why Dylan isn't. And I think that's pretty evident even, you know, after the fact of just Dylan McCaffrey, what his career has been. And then, you know, and then it was Joe Milton, who obviously I was a big proponent. I hit on Hassan Haskins. I missed on Joe Milton uh, as far as the uh, what uh, the expectations were. And then and then when it was Joe Milton, everyone was wanting Cade. So, I mean, and that, you know, now that moves to JJ. It's just how it works. So, really, just the whoever the backup quarterback thing is, that's probably the my least favorite offseason topic every year. It's been that way since I've covered the team, except for year one, 2015, when everyone was – Perfectly happy with Jake Rudock, which is rare. KRT at former KD4. Why does Michigan always seem to get off to a slow start on the recruiting trail but finish strong? Joe Moore Award, CFP recently. Where's the momentum? You and I are asking the same question, man, because I don't get it this year. It does seem like a real slow start. They've got a couple nice pieces. Um, Raylan Wilson being you know the one that I think everyone's uh, kind of looking at. Uh, you hope that, I mean, they're going to get off to slow starts in general. I think any team that does, I mean, I shouldn't say any team, but like if you're going to recruit the high-end guys, those high-end guys aren't going to commit early generally. So obviously they're trying to get into Coles Harbor. Uh, the uh, dude who ran faster in the 100-meter dash than Xavier Worthy did, who's a defensive end, Michigan's in good a good spot for him. Uh, but they're trying to get a couple of those guys. Doesn't seem like they have like a bunch of different guys where it's all going to work out. Um, and I think the unfortunate thing is, as you look at guys like in this last cycle, you know, we spent a long time thinking that uh, Josh Connerly was going to come to Michigan. And on Friday, it's looking like he's probably not picking Michigan. I hope that that's wrong. But uh, it, I think that's the other thing is just finding ways to close. You know, if if you can't close a guy that lo- the, you know loved your environment, and then you go to the college football playoff and they pick USC, if that's what he, where he ends up going, which kind of seems like that's probably where it's going to be. That's, I mean, it's just it's they've got to be better at finding a way to sell the school. They've got top notch facilities, all time winningest program, uh, college football playoff appearance, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Jonathan Joseph at J Joseph 2156 finishing us off in segment one. Are you looking forward to doing the wave at Iowa? It's a bucket list for me. Uh, you know, honestly, not to be insensitive to the children's hospital. It's those types of things. Um, and this is just kind of my general thing. It's not about the wave at Iowa. I think I'm kind of dreading going to Iowa, not because I think Michigan's going to lose. I don't, it's more of, uh, I think that, it's hard getting to Iowa. No, you know, I'm it's it's a drive in probably rather than a fly in. Last time I got a speeding ticket that I didn't pay, so hopefully that doesn't happen again. Um but um so it's it's more of a dread of going to Iowa. 
And honestly, a lot of those things like jump around was only cool this year. It was the third time that I've seen it. And it was only, and it wasn't cool because of the stands, for instance, it was cool because Michigan did it, you know? Um, a lot of those traditions is just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, there it is. The only ones that really give me chills and it's not a tradition. It's just the Penn state whiteout. Really? That gives me chills. I kind of really get and start to get a little chills when I think about Nebraska uh, going into the fourth quarter. Thought that was at night. Thought that was an insane environment. The releasing the balloons to me was like, oh, okay, there it is. You know, that's just it, it's just what what happens. You know, you go to those games and you're like, oh, all right. I'm sure that's the same for like a lot, rival fans, and they come and and they see uh, Michigan touch the banner. They're probably like, oh, okay, they just did it. You know, I think. Uh, the affinity towards Michigan that I grew up with makes it so a lot of the other traditions is just like, Oh, that's cool. All right. We're going to move on. We've got, uh, we still have a lot more. Uh, but before we do, uh, our next partner, he has a product I literally use every day. I start taking, uh, athletic greens one, AG one, uh, because you know what? Want better gut health, need more vitamins, things of that nature. Uh, so, uh, what is this stuff? It is, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of those things. So that's, uh, that's the great thing about it. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Supports better sleep quality and recovery. Supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletics Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day if you're investing in your health. It's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. And they have over 7,000 five-star reviews. And it's recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. With It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com college to take ownership. Over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. We are going to continue on with the Michigan mailbag. Uh, on to the Victor's Valiant. Only got a couple people who normally uh, are part of this segment, but in order to fit everybody in kind of where they should, it's, um, you know, they're, uh, and here, let me, I'm just going to add that one there. Uh, <laughs> we, we added 
one or two people that aren't normally in this segment. So starting with Jim at Jim in the North, much has been made of Michigan's need for a Mohurst type interior type interior defensive lineman. With this offense, you think that is still the case? I think absolutely because they need to get pass rush from everywhere, and they need to have particularly Mozzie Smith be that guy, right? Because they need they really do need someone that's going to be able to not only stuff the middle but be able to get that pass rush while some of these newer guys get acclimated because you know Aiden and uh, well Aiden really not Aiden and but Aiden had a leg up by playing a lot since he was a freshman we've seen glimpses of Taylor Upshaw since uh 2020 when uh after Aiden and uh got hurt uh, we've seen glimpses of Mike Morris more this past year. And then we've seen glimpses of Braden McGregor this past year. So they need to get the guys who have played to really step up and be that veteran presence and get that production. We'll see on three has you know, been reporting for a while. They're still trying to get Donovan Jeter back, which would be really big. Not that they're necessarily going to get pass rush from him unless those lights turn back on to what he was when he was uh, an early enrollee, when he was wreaking havoc as a pass rusher in the spring game before his injury. Um, but so, yeah, I think that even with this offense, I mean, you need to have, be able to do both, right? Stop them, stop a team as well as score on a team. I think offensively you hope that it's really good, but I remember back to 2019 thinking like this year is going to be insane offensively. And it kind of really wasn't, I think in large part because of Shane, Shea Patterson getting injured on the first play, new offensive coordinator, all those things, but uh, it's one of those things where if you if you can have the defense in case the offense is just having an off day, even I mean I think the defense as good as the offense was and against Ohio State getting forty two points, all that stuff. Look at what the job the defense did, you know. So you need to be able to have that good defense as well, especially for that last game of the season because that's going to be the most prolific offense they face, regardless. Uh, Adam Casel at Adam underscore Casel. What players were a pleasant surprise to you in the spring game? What position groups surpassed your expectations? Uh, the players that were, I thought, a pleasant surprise were the linebackers in general. Uh, I thought that they were great. Michael Barrett really stood out to me. Nikai Hill Green, I thought, was really good. Junior Colson continues to look good. We didn't see him for a ton of time or anything, but um, I think really the linebackers, really just the defense in general. I thought the corners were pretty good as well, uh, but uh, it just seemed like the the linebackers were really flying around, and they weren't allowing a lot when it came to either the run, and we saw them running a little bit in the pass. Um, I mean, you had the one play that kind of got away from the defense. I don't remember who was on Donovan Edwards but uh, with, with that deep shot, but, I mean, you're going to lose that one in general. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I, I thought that they, they were particularly good as far as – other players, I mean, Darius Clemens, I thought looked as advertised. Uh, I thought Blake Corum uh, had a, I mean, we know who he is, but I thought that he looked great. The offensive line, I thought held its own. Was really excited to see Jeffrey Percy do what he did. Uh, but there was nothing was really particularly a surprise, right? I thought that it was just kind of went like you hoped, I think, to some degree. Uh, but the linebackers are probably my choice, followed with the secondary. Uh, I thought the secondary did quite well as well. Uh, Isaac Hamlin at Hamstand87. If we get CJ Carr and miss Dante Moore, how bad slash good is that? 
Also not a question, but you should really try to get sponsored by some beard oil company. Just saying. I should actually ask. Uh, I know some people. Well, I know a person at Detroit Grooming Company. I probably should. Um, <laughs> but uh, my beard's much shorter than it used to be. Because if you remember, it was down to like here. Actually, you didn't. I wasn't on video then. My beard was down to like here for a while. Uh, I've decided to be a little bit more clean cut looking in some ways. And then if you're watching on YouTube, a little less in others with uh, tattoos and such that are very, very recent. Um, but, um, I don't think that, uh, I think that'd be okay. It's not ideal. And I, I know there's more Dante more questions here, but it's, uh, you got to get the, the elite in-state guys, even if they're all at a position that you have a log jam at, you just gotta. And if you're Michigan, you're usually pretty accustomed to doing that and talking like well before the Harbaugh era. And guys will wait their turn. Uh, like here's some rumbling that Dante Moore wants to play right away. That's not really going to happen at Michigan unless, like, you know, J.J. McCarthy comes in, kills it for a year and a half or whatever, two years, and is gone. Um, but uh, it, it that's he still wouldn't be right away. Is a 2023. Uh, but uh, they they really need to try to get both right. And Carr being a legacy, I mean, that seems like we're all probably thinking like he's probably coming to Michigan. Um, it, it's hard to see him not coming to Michigan. But uh, as far as Dante, I mean, it's still a must get. Michigan offered him well before anyone else. He's been coached by a Michigan player for years and years. He's been familiar with Michigan more than anyone. Uh, for those who complain like, oh, he didn't come to the spring game or whatever, and I think that's fine. I don't think it matters that much that he didn't. I mean, he's been around a lot. You know, I've been to camps and things of that nature that he's been around at since before he was offered even. So JT at Vaunted JT, do you see Will Johnson starting at corner? Uh, I think eventually by the end of the year, that's certainly a possibility. But at the beginning, no, I still think I, I have a lot of faith in Jamon Green and DJ Turner being the guys that are going to lead that charge uh, and – uh, they have other options at Nickelback. Uh, I, I like Mike Sanders still, honestly, at Nickelback. He would be one that, and we're, we're going to talk about him in a second, but uh, he's one that I thought was very impressive as well, playing defense. Um, I'm going to say he's going to, normally you say that five stars are probably going to start right away, but granted, like, Dax Hill didn't start right away. He only, he was like the starting Nickelback and didn't start at safety until the end of the year when Brad Hawkins was hurt. So uh, I think he'll... He'll have to wait a year, and then, and I think that's fine. It's just it's learning curve and all of that stuff, right? Like he's got the athleticism, um, but uh, I think that they've got good veteran options that are have shown in games that they can be among the nation's best. So I think that's fine. Finishing us out in segment two, Brad G at Brad Go Blue eighty five. Mike Sainer still had a great spring game, in my opinion. Is that a product of him knowing the Michigan offense and receivers, or is he that good as a DB? I mean, yeah, he does know the the Michigan offense, but I think he is that good as a DB. Keeping in mind that Michigan moved him to receiver. He was considered a, a cornerback recruit, when especially when he was committed to Virginia Tech. And uh, normally we hear, you know, like when, when we talk to receivers and such, you're like or just, you know, like say whenever a guy moves to the other side, 
and we talk to them. It just always seems like when we ask, you know, you ask them like, you know, how, how do you do against the guy? Right. Like it's, you get a little bit of like, Oh, they're, they're doing good. But you know, it's like, Oh, well, how are you doing personally? Oh, well, I'm still getting the best of them. Right. And it's not really the case. And yeah, there could be some personal tendencies, but I think that's difficult when you're also playing receiver to necessarily know everyone's personal tendencies that much. It seems that he has a knack for just knowing generally what a receiver is going to do. And he's able to kind of play, play a better part against it because he does also have the defensive back experience. So that's what I think. All right. We've got quite a bit more, but before we move on, listen, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's masters championship odds podcasts and reviews for all the different leagues this season but online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information including live betting esports and scores head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts all right this is going to be a rare mailbag that doesn't where i don't have to stop my camera <laughs> hitting the 30 minute limit and uh whatever but you know it's fine by me they will we'll pick back up come come the season and have them be long enough that I start getting emails saying you know hey your podcast can't be this long uh but this is the only one that's always just i'm i'm gonna ignore all the rules this is long standing if people say don't pick every question blah 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 you know what this is how we do it here lockdown wolverines I'm not gonna change this one thing because this is i know what you y'all like so Anyway, we've still got uh, five question askers, but more questions than that. Uh, some are kind of comments, starting with Michigan Mike Valenti at Yoda underscore Trump 369. That's, that's a lot to contend with. Do you see Cade coming back for two more years just to make sure JJ doesn't get on the field? I mean, this is clearly very much a shtick, but we're going to go with it. Um, no, I don't think that he has any animus against JJ. We'll probably miss on both five-star quarterbacks, Kara Moore, because they look at how things are going with this five-star quarterback that can't even hit the field. No, this is just how things go. Like, Tua Tagovailoa didn't start until year two, and it was a couple games into year two, right? Trevor Lawrence didn't start right away at Clemson. He had to wait behind Kelly Bryant for four games until they, Clemson was like, all right, but best case scenario is we go with the five-star, right? It's par for the course. Justin Fields did not start at Georgia at all. So he transferred to Ohio State. I know they say that there's all these mitigating circumstances, whatever. But uh, it's just how things go. From what I hear, Devin Gardner is a good personal friend of Moore and quarterbacks coach. If that doesn't get him here, it's damning. Uh, Devin Gardner doesn't necessarily have a say in his recruitment, right? I mean... Yeah, he's close to it, to, uh, but he's not going to say, hey, go here, you know. It just, right now, like the tea leaves for a lot of people say or have more going to Notre Dame. Some people are just Notre Dame people, right? But the good news is, as for as much as everyone's all high on Notre Dame and low on Michigan for whatever reason, and I shouldn't say low, they still are expected to go to New Year's Six, but like they aren't getting that to typical, like when a school makes the college football playoff, it's like, well, they're going to be there forever, and we're not seeing that with Michigan for whatever reason. It's like, eh, maybe they're not going to be very good, which is just kind of weird. Um, but uh, I don't know. Interesting shtick. 
Andrew at Engineered97. Aside from Davis Warren, are there any other walk-on players who have been standing out? Um, I feel like they're <laughs> some of them are the ones that like are injured, right? Like, I think does Lucas Andrighetto injured again? Uh, obviously Leon Franklin. I mean, we still can continue to see him, and and he got some play last year. Um, I can't think of any in particular aside from Davis Warren that's gotten the type of hype that he's gotten this year so far. Ask that again come fall camp because it seems like we'll we'll get a better idea there. Gary Moore at GDog4UM7. Is Mullings a real contender for time at running back? Impressive speed to the outside for a converted linebacker. Also, is McGregor going to legit see snaps this year at defensive end? I'll start with the last one. I believe he's going to be a massive part of the rotation, and we've heard about him quite a bit throughout spring. Um, keeping in mind that Braden McGregor did not get to – do anything in year one because he was still coming off his ACL injury, suffered his senior season, uh, and then just kind of got his feet wet this last year. So this is kind of the time that you would expect, right? That's like Mike Morris starting to get time last year. Year three is kind of when you expect a guy at defensive end to really start coming on. Um, Aiden Hutchinson obviously got like a little bit ahead of the curve because, you know, Rashawn Gary and Chase Winovich were going to be moving on, but uh, he's, been able to a lot of times it's year three you know chris wormley taco charlton uh some of those guys like it seems like year three is generally when they start to really make that step forward as far as Kalel mullings uh, i think he's certainly a contender but i don't think that uh he'll overcome i think he'd be one of those guys that would be a, pra- a package guy but i mean we'll see come fall if he continues to stay at that spot because i think that uh Tavier Dunlap probably has that on lock. Leon Franklin will have something to, to say about it. Um, but uh, I think that uh, he could get some time, not necessarily a lot. They need him more at linebacker anyway. And I thought he, I think he's starting to come into his own a little bit, at least I hope so. Um, Chris Fahim, at Chris Fahim, are there any more potential football or basketball transfer portal additions slash losses? Don't know about the losses. Those always kind of come, and I usually don't. Uh, surmise anything on that. I do know that there is one in football. I don't remember. I haven't written about it. I haven't asked about it. I know there's one, uh, like a defensive tackle type, I believe, for football coming from, I want to say UCF, but I could be wrong there. Um, Some of the other sites have been reporting on that. So that'd be the one I'd have my eye on. Um, Always just look for the grads, unfortunately. Uh, Jamara at Jamara two, three, seven, three, two, finishing us out. Do you think JJ McCarthy will be the starting quarterback in week one? And is there a player that will surprise us not being talked about? Uh, I don't think that JJ, I think that there would have been a a much stronger chance if he wasn't injured and got to really throw all spring. Uh, I still, there's still a chance of course that that is the case, but, uh, I do think it will end up being Cade just doesn't mean that by week 13, um, this isn't a disparagement of Cade. Um, but, uh, I, I think that they're both going to continue to push each other to be better. And as far as a player to surprise that hasn't to have been talked about, I don't think there's anyone that's particularly surprising. I think maybe like Keon Sab, who had some freshman mistakes could be that guy, but I think we we're going to have to wait till fall to kind of see how some of those early enrollees and freshmen, there's always going to be a freshman in particular. Keon Sab would kind of be my choice there aside from Darius Clemens or obvious Will Johnson. Um, the other one, TJ guy, I thought TJ guy looks pretty good in the spring game and they need production with edge rusher. 
and he got some got some time late last year. So he would be the other one that I think could surprise. And uh, yeah, all right. That's going to do it for us today. We'll be back on Friday. Find out what we'll talk about. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Michigan hockey losing to uh, Denver in the Frozen Four. That game ended just before I started recording. Disappointment, but say la vie. Um, that's going to do it for us. So we'll talk to you on Friday. Thanks for watching and or listening. Peace.